Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to take 10 for Talmud. Babakama Chaf Gimel, Babakama 23b, pagination is 46, towards the bottom of the page, Masnis in the New Mishnah. Ezehu Tam Ve'ezehu Muad. What is considered a tame animal, so that one would only be obligated in half damage, and what's considered a muad, that it has already developed a reputation and a known factor that it does this type of damage, this more aggressive behavior, goring, and the obligation on the owner will be full damage. Muad, to make an animal a muad, meaning it starts as a tam, but to make it a muad, kol if it got warned three times that it did activities that were in violation, it did damage, for three days. Shlosha Yomim, three days. Vitam, and it would revert back to the status of Atam. At half damage, Mishayachsebo Shlosha Yomim, if it goes back on its behavior for three days. Divi Rabbi Yehuda, that's the approach of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Meir Omer, Rabbi Meir said, it is three times, not necessarily three days. Vitam, and it reverts back. That the children can play with it, can touch with it, perhaps viewed as antagonizing it, and it doesn't gore. It takes it in stride. And that's the level that will cause it to revert back to a tam. So Teisvis observes that when Reb Meir says that the children play with it and it doesn't gore, it doesn't come to exclude three days of not goring, but rather if you could do such an extreme thing that the children are playing with it and it stays calm, that would be a fast track to be able to redefine the nature of this animal. Now, the fact that children play with the animal and it doesn't gore gives us a little bit of insight into their culture. We're talking about an animal that can gore. It applies by other animals too. A dog that does um, non-shane or regal type damage. It chews up a basket for no good reason. But your typical thing would be an animal that gores. And they were able to pet such an animal. And that was normal conduct. We get a... Sometimes you wonder what's going on in Bavil where they describe that animals are walking on the street. That's true. They had such as part of their normal living. Now, the description in Rabbi Yehuda was that it goes back for three days and doesn't gore. And this needs a little bit of contemplation. Because if an animal simply doesn't gore for three days because it wasn't provoked, 
how much does that really prove? You have, for example, in the laws of tshuva, <clears throat> if a person were to say, my problem until now was that I got angry whenever something didn't go my way, but right now I'm doing fine, because for the last three days things went my way and I didn't get angry. Wonderful, I'm glad you didn't get angry. But tshuva would be that you're in the same situation and you've gained control of yourself. The Rambam in Ilchas Tshuva, when he describes tshuva in the case of illicit relations, so he describes it, but also Isha, the same woman, the same opportunity, that's considered tshuva if he controls himself, and the same is true with all vices, whatever bad behavior we're dealing with. It's that there was a level of provocation. What would happen if this owner of the animal would see that the animal became a muad? He doesn't want to be liable for full damage the next time that it damages. So he puts it in a corral where nothing bothers it. And he counts 72 hours and he says, yippee, now it's back to be a tam. Not probable that it works in such a way. <clears throat> now the Rambam in Nizke Mamon Perek Vav <clears throat> describes meticulously different cases of <clears throat> an animal becoming a muad. And he describes it specifically, the animal gored one day, a second day, a third day, and moving forward, it's going to be a muad and be obligated in Nezek Shalem. The Rambam writes, Afilu mea pa'amim, if it does, even a hundred times in one day, ain't a muad, that's not considered a muad. The words of Rabbi Yehuda were, Shalosha yamim, it has to be three days, and presumably the argument is that if it had one bad day, that doesn't make it a muad. Ultimately, it's learnt from the psukim. The psukim say, Temol chad, mitmol terei, shilsham talasa, velo yishmrenu ba'alav. There was yesterday, there was before yesterday, and the enumeration in the Pasuk ends up with three incidents followed by and the owner did not watch it. Now there's a fascinating Chakira, a question regarding what exactly does the three times do? One approach is that it's a proof to the nature of the animal. Another approach is that the animal is developing a certain behavior, and it's getting away with it, and it's doing it, and now it has developed that behavior. The Hebrew expression, nifal kifi pu'ulosav, it is affected by its actions, an expression that the Sefer HaChinuch uses often in explaining the impact of mitzvahs on the human being. If you do something, if you react to a situation, that becomes your norm. 
Moving on to the top of the next staff, the argument of Reb Meir who holds that even in one day, multiple times, can create a mu'ad, is Richek Nigi Chosav Chayiv, if at a distance it's considered a mu'ad, meaning day one, day two, day three. Kirev Nigi Chosav certainly if it does all three consecutively on the same day, it certainly is a mu'ad. Now, in the laws of tefillah, this expression comes up in a remarkable way. There is a halacha that when we switch something in davening, such as we start saying mashiv haruach, umorid hageshem, in the rainy season, in the winter, or we switch to the same bracha for the summer, a person who does not remember if they did the transition properly for the first few days of the transition has to assume that he still said it according to his old hanhaga, his old habit, and he would have to repeat Shemona Esrei with the assumption that he did it wrong. According to Allah, it takes 30 days to establish a new habit. And then at that point, if a person does not remember if he said it correctly or not, he can assume that he said it correctly. The discussion arises, what would happen if a person purposely says it correctly as a training exercise at the time that the transition occurs? So that, for example, he would say the words of the second bracha of Shmona Esrei, and he would say those words a hundred times, which is like the number of Shmona Esrei's in 30 days, and he wants to know, can he establish his habit on the fast track? And there is an opinion that says that he could, and the Mepharshim point out that the only way that there's a comparison to this Gemara, which is where the proof is brought from, that if you do it at a distance, day one, day two, day three, it's considered a Mu'ad, then if you do it all on one day, it's certainly considered a Mu'ad, the argument of Reb Meir. So here also, if it takes 30 days, it establishes a habit. Maybe I could establish a habit in one day. That only makes sense if we understand this concept of Mu'ad as developing a habit. But if it was a proof that it's an aggressive animal, then there's totally no relationship to tefillah, to davening. The entire comparison to davening would be just like in this case, we're developing a habit. So in the other case, we're developing a habit. And just like in one case, you could do it on the fast track in one day. So here also, you could do it in the fast track in one day. Obviously, there's a lot to contemplate on that topic because developing habits sometimes requires long-term planning. 
just because you did it three times in one day or a hundred times in one day doesn't necessarily develop a habit. It could actually be that it requires just psychologically, it takes 30 days in order to develop the habit. But again, there is an opinion that's brought that says that if it works over 30, it could work even in one. And the comparison is to this Gemara that you could fast-track something in the case of Muad, according to Reb Meir. Yashe thank you for joining.